Hi everyone, I'm JJ Hornblast and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. This is our weekly wrap for what's happening in auto finance for the week of July 6, 2020. I want to thank uh, Auto Finance News advertisers Alpha and DeFi Solutions FIS and AutoRack for their continuing support. So thank you uh, to those great institutions. And I am joined today by Joey Pizzolatto, Interim Deputy Editor of Auto Finance News. Welcome, Joey. It is Friday, July 10, 2020. Uh, this week, we started to see some green shoots uh, coming from the auto industry, uh, despite the lingering effects of the pandemic, particularly across the South and West Coast. Uh, for example, uh, BMW and Daimler saw positive numbers for their electric vehicle sales during the first half of 2020, despite a slowdown of overall vehicle sales, and I might say of epic pr proportions. And on the uh, economic front, uh, initial jobless claims it fell by uh, almost 100,000 last week. This is the most in, in around a month to 1.31 million claims. Uh, this is for the week of July 4. Uh, economists had been expecting 1.375 million jobless claims last week. So in this pandemic world, Joey, we've got to cling to any good news that we can. Uh, which brings us uh, to developments in the auto finance market this week. Uh, let's start uh, with um, uh, fintechs entering the auto finance space. Uh, we have seen in recent weeks uh, startups called uh, Upgrade and another Upstart, uh, which have uh, uh, are announced that they're going to pursue auto finance. Why are they doing this uh, now, uh, even as car sales are falling so severely because of COVID? That's a great question. And that's a question we looked into this week uh, to try and understand kind of this trend, if it has any legs um, or if, you know, it's just a product of our current COVID environment. Um, and what it looks like is, you know, Auto loans are structured similar to unsecured personal loans. I mean, when you take it at its face value, an auto loan is just a personal loan that's, you know, um, backed by an, by an asset, particularly a car. So um, from, an, from a marketing standpoint, it's, it's an easy jump um, for, these, uh, for these startups. However, you know, auto finance is a pretty crowded space. Um, and they're going to have, I believe they're going to have a hard time and analysts believe they're going to have a hard time kind of gaining, you know, the kind of market share that they're envisioning. I know Upgrade, I believe, um, within the first year of launching their full suite of auto products, wants to have a billion dollars in originations. Um, and I don't really think that that's a, a reasonable goal to have. That might be shooting a little too high. Um, another thing that, that is... Um, 
uh, good for these um, uh, startups is that you know the, the compliance and regu regulatory requirements is is very um, slim for the the uh, um, for like the the lending platform uh, the banks that that back <laughs> them like have the compliance yeah have the compliance um, resting on their shoulders mm -hmm. uh, so that's also an easy jump that that allows them to to get into auto pretty pretty easily at least from their um, perspective yeah, I guess it's a bet on growth in direct lending. I mean, I, I think that's, that seems like what they're, and, and, you know, it's interesting if you look at the um, adoption rates on e-commerce, general e-commerce through the pandemic, they've gone through the roof. Uh, I think you've seen something like, uh, th there's been an estimate that I saw that something like two years of e-commerce adoption has taken place during two months of the pandemic uh is that kind of is that is that play going to um is that going to happen in direct lending too i mean is there enough runway in direct lending for all these new uh sources of uh, originations so that's that's a really good question um and at, on its face this these new fintechs are just jumping into the direct lending um you know area of auto finance and when you look at direct lending as a pro proportion of the entire auto finance market you're looking at like 10 to 12 percent of the whole market which is really still very small compared to uh you know the 1.3 trillion dollar industry that we see which is primarily indirect um so with that in mind, I'm not really sure that there's a whole lot of, you know, market share to, to be grabbed out of mm -hmm. uh, in that. Um, I do think that, you know, the rise in e-commerce and users on their platform um, is, is, you know, giving them a sense that, you know, they can jump in auto and they might be able to, to get, um, you know, originations on par with their unsecured personal loans. But I think auto, even though on the face it's similar to unsecured personal, it's it's a very different ball game. Um, I mean, just just for example, um, I saw um, an ad for Upstart on one of my social media feeds yesterday. Um, mm -hmm. It's listening to me, I think. Uh, but they, you know, they have an ad for unsecured personal loans, and it pretty much says loans for pretty much everything. That's that's their ad, and you don't you don't have that kind of breath in auto finance right it's a more targeted messaging you're saying exactly and and the, t the ticket prices is, is higher as well you know i can get a unsecured personal loan for two thousand dollars to redo the cabinets in my kitchen but you know an unsecured or a secured auto loan for two thousand dollars that the market for that is you know not it is nearly as as large as you know use vehicle in the in the price range of you know twenty to thirty thousand dollars right well let's talk about used vehicles a little bit more uh so the june Mannheim index numbers came out uh this week and we we wrote about them on autofinancenews.net uh the numbers were spectacular i think is a fair uh word to use right um we saw the index rise to 149 in June, 6.3% uh, increase over the prior year, 
a nearly 9% month over month increase. The, uh, the used retail SAR hit nearly 19 million in June, uh, up uh, 2.2 million from May. Um, still down year over year, but a very strong number, especially when you consider that uh, the new car sales SAR was down 27% in June, which hurts. Uh, so what does this bode for new car sales? Um, you know, will the recession continue to push more consumers to the used car market or is this going to become a new car incentives game uh, and you know how are we to think about uh, the rise in uh, COVID cases in the south and west coast vis-a-vis car sales uh, for July? Mm. Well, I, I would say as, as far as the new car front goes, we are still dealing with an inventory problem. Um, so it's really a function of how auto lenders want, or want to incentivize new vehicle purchases um, and how that relates back to inventory. Um, I believe consumers, because there's an inventory squeeze and we've seen lenders pull back on their incentives programs, um, they're gonna be flocking towards the used vehicle uh, market. Um, as far as how the new cases for COVID in the South, especially in Texas, California, and Florida, which are major um, auto finance markets. Um, that kind of remains to be seen. Um, it, it really depends on if how far, how far um, these states are gonna walk back their requirements, um, social distancing requirements, excuse me, um, if they're gonna you know, shut down again, close, close operations, um, that will definitely be a, a huge burden on both used and new vehicle sales if that were to happen. I will say, however, um, the, used, the used vehicle index bodes well for, for, our, for our lenders, especially the captives who, who are seeing more off-lease vehicles come back um, yeah. now that dealerships are open and a lot of um, contracts are expiring. Um, it, it's good for them, uh, this month especially, uh, to, to you know, sell those vehicles at auction. Are we seeing any evidence of like what what kind of what kind of pricing are we seeing uh on the used car market i mean are, is are our prices remaining strong or is there heavy discounting going on on that side of the uh of the coin so we we have it on the retail side especially for used we haven't seen a big drop um in vehicle prices um mostly because a lot of dealers and um you know oems and captives are expecting or were expecting the coronavirus um, pandemic to kind of be a temporary thing. Um, so we haven't really seen that move just yet. And with the inventory issues on the new vehicle side, I wouldn't imagine that they would be dropping uh, prices on the used um, market either, especially considering uh, there is a little bit of an inventory squeeze on the used side as well, um, mm -hmm. according to Mannheim. Right. I mean, is there, uh, I, I think there was some evidence that the inventory issue was starting to ease on the new car side, correct? I mean, would you expect that to continue through the summer? Um, I believe so. Um, manufacturing has, has uh, restarted. Um, so we're going to get new cars coming off the assembly line and onto dealership lots. And I would imagine if new vehicle sales stay 
low as they have been, um, lenders will be um, incentivizing a new vehicle purchase through finance, like 0% or low financing APR arrangements. The uh, sales process was kind of front and center in a piece we did this week on uh, complaints from consumers uh, to the uh, Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB. Um, we found when we did an analysis of the June complaints that uh, there was uh, a slight drop in, in complaints on a year-over-year -year basis, 1.6% uh, drop to uh, 435 complaints, but that the complaints related to quote-unquote getting a loan or lease rose significantly, 14% um, in June, um, on a year-over-year -year basis. Now, these numbers are not big, Joey, right? They're not, you know, there's not like uh, thousands of complaints. It's a, these are really just dozens of complaints. But, I mean, to what degree do they hint at a broader problem in auto finance? Um, are layoffs are um, starting to impinge on customer experience, for example? So I, I do believe that, <clears throat> excuse me, that they are um, indicative of a larger problem. And I, I think uh, the most notable problem is, you know, call center volume and lenders being unable to manage uh, the influx of, of consumers that are trying to, um, you know, work out something with their loan, their payments, um, figuring out the final red tape for returning their off-lease vehicle. Um, it is worth noting that, you know, these are, these complaints are uh, filed by consumers. So, you know, a lot of the complaints for getting a loan or lease actually were geared more towards managing their loan or lease. Um, but I think un underlying, um, you know, the, the, the larger issue is, is these lenders being able to, to handle an influx, especially as new cases are, are um, coming up and these deferral programs that a lot of lenders have incorporated in March are going to start expiring. Right. I mean, I, I think, you know, there's just not the diversity of uh, customer service channels that are, that uh, auto finance uh, companies serve. I mean, you don't see the level, for example, of kind of like Twitter customer service that you, you might see in, overall, you know, kind of general banking, general consumer banking, mm -hmm. uh, and in other areas. Uh, is there any, any signs that there are lenders who are kind of trying to up their game on the customer service side, maybe adding, for example, like chat service? Um, no evidence just yet. Um, a lot of, a lot of the larger lenders um, are pretty tight-lipped about you know, their operational pivots and strategies for dealing um, with this, with this rise in, you know, I guess I wouldn't say consumer interest, but, you know, consumer engagement with them. Um, many, you know, Hyundai, um, they have chatbots that are supposed to help ease, but eventually, you know, for some of these more complicated issues that, you know, are very particular to a, an individual consumer as it relates to you know, layoffs or um, loss of um, a, a revenue stream in their income. Those can't be answered by chatbots. So that takes a real human touch mm -hmm. um, that 
requires requires manpower that you know some of some of these companies might not have as a result of layoffs. I, and, and for and some, yeah, for some industries, you know, social media uh, centered uh, customer service, customer experience has been a real positive. Not necessarily the sort of you know uh, inflammatory, you know, flaming. Uh, of of brands that you saw at the beginning, I think that they're there's they've really come a long way. But I, I just I'm not sure if I've seen that on the auto finance side. Have you? Well, you know there are certain lenders that put a very large um, uh, focus on using their Twitter, especially um, and other social media accounts to handle customer service. Um, Wells Fargo uh, is a is a, is one financial institution that uses um, their Twitter right. account to handle customer service. Toyota Financial Services does. Um, so, so there are some um, that that are using social in that that regard, um, but it's it's not as widespread as you would think. Right. So you would think that maybe that might that there might be some movement on that as kind of the pandemic continues uh, here in think. the U.S. And it's yeah. definitely something we'll be keeping an eye on uh, to see how that customer engagement from the lenders um, plays out. Um, especially yeah. as we hit kind of, I wouldn't call it a second wave, I'd say we're still in the first wave of, of COVID, um, but as, as new cases continue to mount. So what else are we going to keep an eye on, Joey? What do we got on uh, in store for our readers next week? Next week is the start of second quarter earnings. Um, namely, uh, Always a fun time in the auto finance news uh, annals. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a very um, hectic three weeks that we have. Um, but, but it, it, it's, it's, it's ripe for you know information. We're going to be looking specifically at um, originations in how, how much they've uh, fallen. Uh, I would expect them to fall in tandem with car sales. Um, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, right. But we're, we're also going to be looking at you know additional provisions for credit losses. Um, that'll yeah. kind of give us an idea of forecasted loss and what um, lenders are going to be expecting, um, their, or how they're gonna be expecting their, their auto portfolio to perform um, in the third quarter. 100%, JP Morgan, right? They're number, they're Morgan, first in the US Fargo. Always US first. Bank, <laughs> and uh, Bank of America and Ally are all next week, so. Everyone can be on the lookout for those. There we go. Now everyone knows where Joe is going to be next week. On the phone. <laughs> on the phone. On the earnings calls. Uh, we've got uh, the Auto Finance Summit coming October 20 to 22. Autofinancesummit.com is the uh, website. You can also subscribe to Auto Finance News at autofinancenews.net. We want to hear from you. Um, please uh, rate the roadmap uh, on whichever platform you listen uh, to our podcast. And of course, follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Uh, thank you all so much for joining on, us on this episode of the roadmap. We'll see you online at autofinancenews.net and here next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, guys. Bye.